0: Welcome, my friends, to the That's Ball Folks podcast. I'm your host, Josh Reynolds. This is episode 53. We are back from a wonderful month break. Forgive me for my absence. I am being a father of two, and turns out it's hard. (laughs) But boy, are we back, and man, it feels good to sit down and talk in front of this microphone again. What a recap. I mean, there's a million things that we're going to talk about that have happened in the NBA world. Uh, but we can't even dive into all of them. Just to rattle off a few, how about when Greg Popovich called out the home crowd for booing Kawhi in the middle of a game while he was taking free throws? That feels like a lifetime ago. Or how about Scott Foster and Chris Paul and their beef? How about Mark Cuban selling the majority stake in the Mavs? How about the fact the Pistons are two games away from tying the Sixers all-time losing streak at 26? Or how about the fact that the Orlando Magic are awesome and made me eat all of my words? Or how about the fact there's something up with Golden State and that Draymond Green is a certified psychopath? Mikey Williams, that unbelievable high school talent, he gets a second chance. The Pacers are amazing. One of the funnest teams in the league to watch. Halliburton leading that team in their run. How about the in-season tournament and the Lakers hanging a banner? How about Zion Williamson? Everybody talking about his weight. How about the refs throwing out Jokic or Giannis crying over the game ball, chasing it down in the locker room? How about Ja Morant returning from his huge suspension and dominating and hitting a game winner? And how about the fact that the Minnesota Timberwolves are not only for real and are tied for the best record in the NBA, but have the best defense in the NBA. And how about the fact that Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey absolutely tore that defense apart? Let's talk about that. That's what I want to talk about. Again, with so many things, my goodness. But let's let's talk Sixers. This is a Sixers podcast. I am a Sixers fan. And this is the perfect Topic to dive into. The perfect game to follow up with a comeback episode on. Let's dive right into it. Embiid's performance was truly unbelievable. It feels so funny that I have sat in front of this microphone and recorded so many of these podcasts and said those exact same words, but here we are. Joel drops 51 points on only 25 shots. Goes 17 from 18 from the free throw line. He missed the last one. He said the lights were too bright, which was awesome. Got 12 boards, and again, all of this against the best defense in the NBA. Just an unbelievable performance. He heard all those idiot kids on Twitter behind their little Jason Tatum profile pictures say that he can't score against anybody but bad teams, and boy, did he take it to heart. Joel always dominates matchups against Rudy Gobert too, which I love, but it was amazing. An amazing performance, and I loved covering it. I love tweeting it, as I do every single game, but started to read my replies, and guess what? It's all hate. It's all negative. Everything is negative. Nobody hates the NBA more than NBA fans. Nobody enjoys anything about this game anymore. Outside of their own team, it's just bash, 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 negative, negative, negative. Look, I'm a little guilty of it. We all are. But what happened to the game we love? Remember when the NBA slogan was, I love this game? I literally tweeted out uh, three paragraphs about it. Uh, last night because I was just so frustrated what happened social media happened that's one as I mentioned 10 year olds with a, a Twitter profile that they hide behind some picture of a player that happened talking about stupid things like free throw merchants and all this crap nobody can appreciate what's happening anymore I've said it before But sadly, it took Kobe Bryant passing away for me to actually realize that I need to just stop hating. I need to appreciate greatness while it's still happening in front of me because it'll be gone one day and I will regret it. That's exactly what happened. It made me kind of reshake and and reimagine how I look at things with LeBron James. For real. Again, this goes for me. I'm not sitting on some high horse talking down to everybody. This absolutely goes for me. This goes for me with Jokic. This goes for me with Giannis. This goes for me with Tatum. It should go for everyone. Besides Al Horford. But everyone. People just need to start enjoying basketball again. Look, with Embiid, I'm fully aware of, just, I'm very well aware, right? He needs to prove himself in the playoffs. Trust me, nobody alive knows that more than Sixers fans. But what are we supposed to do? Just sit on our hands during the regular season? Not applaud or appreciate what we're seeing because it's December? No. Miss me with that. Miss me with all of that. I'm going to choose to appreciate greatness. Greatness happened last night. It's happened this entire season, this first quarter of the NBA season, from Joel Hans Embiid, And I'm going to applaud it. And it was unbelievable. (coughs) Truly unbelievable. If I have to hear one more person talk about Embiid's free throws, by the way, I'm going to lose my mind. Now, again... I'm, this is, I'm not talking down to people. I am guilty of the same thing. I tweeted something after Giannis's monster game last week uh, about him shooting like 32 free throws. A, because that's just a lot of free throws, period, With even without an agenda or trying to push anything. B, nobody says a damn word about it when it's anybody besides Embiid, which I hate. And C, Embiid gets a hard time, so I have to dish it out too, being a Sixers and Embiid guy. People will say that Embiid is a free throw merchant and he's doing all this crap and ruining the game. They don't watch games straight up. They'll see one little clip from one of those 10 year olds accounts, some ticky tack foul that they happen to call. But guess what? It is a, it is a foul. It is a reach. And they'll throw out things like foul merchant, free throw merchant, regular season merchant. I hate that word merchant now, by the way. It's overused like crazy. Or the the one that I saw a lot is he's ruining the game I love. He's too good to be ruining the game I love. I promise you on your entire life, if you watched that game last night, you wouldn't have any of those thoughts at all. You would not feel that way. You're actively looking for things to hate, and that's got to stop. It's an impossible mission, but I'm going to start to try it. I have to. It's driving me crazy, man. I hate it. I do not like negativity. I do not. People thrive in negativity in that little negativity world. That's not me. I'm complete opposite. It just eats me away. I hate it. hate everything about it. So I'm going to try to to do my little part. Again, I don't have a huge platform, but I've got people who listen to this. People follow me on Twitter. I'm going to do my best to just do my part in changing that entire thing because it's a joke. We need to get back to loving basketball. And back to this free throw thing. J.J. Redick went on the perfect little rant about free throws the other day on his podcast, Old Man and the Three. And rather than just me try to quote him, I'm going to plug the audio. So please listen and enjoy.
1: Michael Jordan, 7 to 12 free throws a game except for his Washington years. Kobe Bryant, 6 to 10 free throws a game except for early when he was not a primary option. Uh, And then late post-injury. Barkley, except for the Houston years and his rookie year. 7 to 12 free throws a game. David Robinson won a scoring title. 8 to 12 free throws a game, except for late in his career when he was, you know, basically the fourth or fifth option. Shaq, of course, hack a Shaq. 9 to 13 free throws a game. Embiid right now in his prime, you know, with some outliers, of course, early in his career, 8.5 to 12 free throws a game. Durant, 6 to 10 free throws a game. Harden, 7 to 12 free throws a game, except for now and early in his career in OKC prior to Houston. The best players have always shot a lot of free throws. Joel Embiid is a physical force. He's going to get fouled. Giannis is a physical force. He's going to get fouled. I saw something the other day where Giannis took like 20 some free throws and everybody's complaining about it. And then you go, you watch the game and you're like, well, yeah, they wrapped him up six times. They pulled him by the arm six times. Like, of course he's going to shoot 20 free throws. Those are fouls. That's what makes defense hard. You have great offensive players. And this is true in any era. You have great offensive players who have an advantage. They will exploit those advantages, and you are faced with a tough choice. Do I not foul? Do I foul? I, I, I don't buy this thing that, like, we're hands off. The data just, I mean, I just laid it out for you. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Are there some bad calls? Yeah. There have been historically bad calls in every era. And yes, yes, I always stick up for this era. It's true. I don't give a f- It's true. Nostalgia is a drug. The best players have
0: always shot a lot of free throws. Of course. To hear a media member talk about this, let alone a player, an ex-player, it's really nice. It's really refreshing. Thank you, JJ. Also, speaking of hating on the game that we love, what's up with these old heads bashing on current players? We've talked about this before, but it is a joke. KG, Kevin Garnett, the latest in crushing Joel Embiid, said that we can't consider him a, an elite player because he doesn't show up in Game 7 performances. But it's not just that, he really went in on him. What is that? Why all the hostility? Like, are these guys still just trying to be relevant? I don't understand it. I wish, again, I've said this before, but I wish that every former player turned media member could take a page out of Allen Iverson's playbook. Nobody shows love like Iverson does. Every current dude he talks about, it's always love. Genuine love builds them up. Why don't more ex-players do that? It's a bad look to just come out. I mean, you look salty. I don't know. Bad look. Anyway, let's go back to Embiid. What's different about Embiid this year? How did he make yet another jump? How do you get better after winning the MVP? Well, first, I think that you got to look at Nick Nurse and give a lot of credit to him for putting the team around him and the system around him. Joel clearly feels comfortable enough that he somehow elevated every single aspect of his game to another level this year. Easier buckets, not settling nearly as much for just contested fadeaway threes. He feels comfortable with Tyrese Maxey as his number two. The team around him he's confident in. Those skip passes when he gets double teamed. He even said himself in an ESPN segment the other day, you can't win when the ball is stuck in one hand. Iso ball does not win games. It's not fun. Those are words from his mouth. You watch him play just one game and you can tell a notable difference this year compared to even just last and he won the freaking MVP last year it's unbelievable it's insane again it's early it's only the first quarter of this season we're in December getting close to the end of it but it is undeniable that Joel Embiid is the MVP of this league so far this season not even close he's been incredible and it also leads you to this what does Daryl Morey do does he go out and make a big splash before the trade deadline? The thing that's carried this Sixers team, obviously besides Maxi and Embiid being not only all-stars but superstars, is their depth. Now, whether you want to say it was done intentionally or not, whether Maury went out and got these guys on purpose or the Sixers stumbled into them, it is working. Let's look at it. Patrick Beverly, I've talked about him so many times on this podcast. He is the perfect piece to this team. He is the perfect Philly guy. Nico Batum, the perfect piece, the perfect rotation guy. He can throw a freaking entry-level pass into the post. How about that? So just these little things that we've been begging for. He does it perfectly. How about Marcus Morris? Philly's own Marcus Morris. He is playing some unbelievable basketball right now. Robert Covington got taken out of the rotation. We all questioned it. And guess what? I think that I discovered you can't question Nick Nurse. Not yet. We haven't earned that right. He hasn't given us any reason to question him yet. And then our guy, Kelly Oubre, the perfect piece. I talked about him trusting his teammates and throwing those skip passes when he's doubled. Guess who it's to the majority of of the time? It's Kelly Oubre Jr. The team has thrived because of their depth. If you go trade for a third star, and that's right, I said third star. Maxie solidifies himself as a second star. You lose that depth. You give up pieces that have helped you to this point. Can you package Tobias Harris with some picks and some swaps with his expiring deal? I don't know. I don't think so. But if there is one person that could possibly do it, it's Daryl Morey. Now, Daryl recently signed an extension uh, that puts him with the Sixers right up until Nick Nurse's contract is up. That is the championship window for this team. That is where we're going to see the best version of this Philadelphia 76ers team. And I can't wait. The team is so close, man. They are so close. Do they have enough without a third star to make a legitimate run? I don't know. I think, honestly, in the East, maybe. I feel good about it. But to win it all, I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, again, I don't know. Is that too much to put on Maxi? I don't know. Everyone talks about making it out of the uh, second round and making it to the conference finals. Like, that's the goal. And, of course, that's one of the goals. But when I talk about this, the goal is to win it all. I mean, realistically, think about it. If we make it to the Eastern Conference Finals this season and we lose, we're all still going to be unhappy. We're Philly fans. Of course we are. It's still a failure. This team needs to make a real run at it. I've got a feeling Daryl Morey is going to take his time with this, going to push it to the deadline. And although it would be extremely easy to just kind of sit back and watch this team develop like we have, uh, can you imagine how hard it is for him? Especially after last night, seeing Maxi and Embiid combine for 86 of the team's 127 points and not want to better this team? I don't know. I don't know what you do. I don't know what the answer is. I can see arguments for both sides. I really can. You want to maximize this team's window. You want to give yourself the best chance of winning. So you go and get a third star because you feel that's the way to do it. But I can also see the other side of it where it's like, whoa, hold on. The stars that are available, OGN and OB, OB, Who knows if Pascal Siakam's even available, Zach Levine. These stars that are available, are they even worth parting ways with all of these pieces plus picks? I don't know. I really don't. And I don't envy Daryl Morey. But I'm grateful he's on our side because, again, I think he is that guy. I really do. I want to tell you about the easiest way to get some action on the NBA. It's Underdog Fantasy and their pick 'em game. Just pick over or under on your favorite or least favorite player's stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can also pick from Rivals, which pits two players against each other for a head to head matchup. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy to use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick 'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold hard cash. Use the code TBF24. That's TBF 24, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Underdog Fantasy, the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Are you a slave to the can? Why don't you grow up and maybe join CEDA, Can Energy Drinkers Anonymous. At Buffed Energy, our energy is literally too powerful for a can. It also includes ingredients that can't sit around in water for months, let alone a day. Our proprietary blend of organic mushrooms combined with nootropics and caffeine will give you the boost you love from energy drinks and the focus you desire when you ask your friends if you can get some Adderall from them. I literally drank one before setting my underdog fantasy lineup tonight for Monday Night Football, and guess who hit two slips? You're damn right. Go Birds. Buffed Energy. Destroying energy drinks one can at a time.
2: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. And get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Calling all
0: golfers. Do you have a problem three-putting? If you said no, you're either in complete denial or you're just a straight-up liar. Jokes aside and in all reality, who doesn't? It's inevitable. We're all three-putters. Well, let me introduce you to a new lifestyle brand for golf that is made for us. The 3 Putt Golf Company. Golf gear that meets the average golfer where they are, but looks like a professional brand. The first drop sold out in hours, but more are coming. Keep an eye out for the drop, discounts for That's Ball Folks listeners, giveaways, and more. 3 Putt Golf Company. Everybody 3 Putts look good doing it. Are you sick of spending time caring for your lawn? Have you spent too much time mowing it or even just keeping it alive? You tired of wasting resources and money watering it? If you are like me, the answer is yes to all of those. You should consider artificial grass. Beehive Turf out of northern Utah will transform your yard into looking beautiful all year round. Check out Beehive Turf on Instagram. Give them a call today for a free quote. Beehive Turf, take the sting out of caring for your lawn. Uh, Let's feed you with some other fun stats real fast. How about this? The only players in NBA history to have 12 straight games of 30-plus points and 10-plus rebounds, Walt Bellamy, Elgin Baylor, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Joel Embiid. Embiid's the first player to do it since Kareem did in 1972. How about that stat? Here's another one for you. In the month of December, Embiid is averaging 41.4 points a game, 13 rebounds, four assists, two blocks, 1.4 steals. He's shooting 61.5% from the field, 37.5% from three, and 92.5% from the line. Those numbers are ridiculous. Joel Embiid is ridiculous. He is not human. I tweeted this again last night watching the game, but not only are we witnessing some of the best basketball of Joel Embiid's career, We are witnessing one of the greatest seasons of any big man in history of basketball. That sounds like an exaggeration. It's not. It's ridiculous. It's amazing. And I tweeted, how grateful am I and how grateful should all of us be that we get to witness him do it in a Philadelphia 76ers uniform? Again, people are like, oh, it's the regular season. It doesn't matter. We know... As Sixers fans, we know that there is a hump that this team and Joel need to get over in the playoffs. Nothing that you say will hurt us. Nothing that you say we have not already told ourselves or talked with ourselves about before. We know he's got to get over that second round hump. We know it. But man, man, oh man, do I hope he does. This dude deserves it. This dude deserves a real run. I just look at it similar to Jokic. Again, they're such different players. Everybody wants to compare, 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 whether it's to uh, back in the day, as Redick was talking about with nostalgia, whether they want to compare players back then to now in the modern era, or they just want to compare players now. Why can't we just sit back and appreciate that, hey, both of them are amazing big men, and they're very elite and dominant at very different things. Jokic is the best passing big man of all time. He is. And Bede's not doing that. But Embiid can score the ball better than Jokic can uh, from different levels. It, There's so much different. Anyway, my point is, w- looking at Embiid this year, why can't he make a run like Jokic did with his Nuggets last year? Look at Tyrese Maxey. Obviously, I think that he still has a lot to prove. But if he can continue doing what he's done to this point in the season, why can't he have a Jamal Murray-like run? Again, I don't know. I like where Embiid is at. I can't even wrap my head around the fact that he is playing better in every facet of his game than he did last season when he won the MVP. Again, to this point, he is the MVP. Do I think he's going to win it? I will be shocked strictly because of the uproar of everybody saying fraud. And look again, taking my Philly hat off here. It is a little crazy that uh, Embiid finally wins it. And then Jokic goes on this crazy run and he wins the finals. Of course, that's not a good look for Embiid. I think Embiid obviously deserved the MVP, but I would love it if he could go on this other run. Do I think he's going to win the MVP this year? I wouldn't put my money on it strictly off of that. However, if he continues to dominate and play like he has been doing, there is no way that you can possibly argue that he is not the MVP, period, straight up. Joel Embiid, man, God bless you. Thank you for doing this in Philly. Thank you. What's next for the Sixers? They've got a home game coming up on Friday. Toronto's coming to town. Always fun. Nick Nurse's old squad. Maybe a little preview of OGN and OBC Occam. I don't know. Uh, and then they travel down to South Beach and take on the Miami Heat on Christmas Day. Uh, followed up by the Magic Rockets and the Bulls to end out the year. Uh I can't wait a to see the game on Christmas day. I think that getting a good glimpse of what this squad can do up against a team like the Miami heat, uh, who again, they're not off to the greatest start, uh, 16 and 12. However, they're tough and they have Jimmy Butler and they've got some dudes who are actually playing and playing well. And it's in Miami. It will be a good game to, uh, to, to watch. And it's on Christmas, which is always super fun. Uh, speaking of, I hope you all have had a fantastic December. I hope that you all have a wonderful holiday season. Uh, again, I love that I'm sitting back down in front of this microphone, but I, I, it's very important to spend time with your family. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. I'm very grateful. I've had the last few weeks to do so. I encourage you all to do it as well. Um, again, family is, family's is the best. And if you don't like your family or don't get along with them or don't have one, then guess what? Hit me up because I'm happy to chat and, and, uh, you know what? I'll even send you a holiday card. Not kidding. Slide my DMS. Happy to chat. I didn't even dive into Tyrese Maxey that much because again, Joel is just, uh, it's, it's hard to even wrap your head around, but Tyrese deserves an entire episode on his own. Uh, strictly based off of what he is doing because none of this would be possible. Embiid is not getting this attention, not getting these easy looks if it isn't for Tyrese Maxey and the way that he is playing. Guess what? We're going to give him his own episode, so keep an eye out for that because Tyrese is just hooping. He should be a starting point guard in the Eastern Conference for All-Stars. I, I, I don't even think that's an argument. I think it's him and Tyrese Halliburton should be the two. People argue Dame. I don't, mm-mm. I think it is Tyrese and Tyrese. Halliburton, Maxie, make it right. But we're going to give him his own episode, so keep an eye out for that, like I said. Uh, That's really all I got. We have to mention the fact that the Birds haven't won a football game since I went on my trip back there with my father and brother-in-law. Boy, oh boy. We don't even want to dive into that, but please start to win games. It's brutal. It's brutal. (laughs) Okay, Okay, but at that Uh, Again, I hope you all have a fantastic week I hope you all have a a fantastic holiday Holiday season Um, We'll roll out another episode here Coming up right after Christmas Next week Uh, Go Sixers, go Birds Again, enjoy some time With your loved ones And uh, uh, just have to say this If you're struggling, man I I mean it Holidays can be hard I get that Uh, Hit me up again those aren't just words truly my inbox is open (laughs) clearly i get a lot of bad ones but you want to chat you're struggling hit me up more than happy to chat uh because again holidays can be tough for people and there's no reason to go through it alone love you all hope you have a great week go sixers go birds and uh that's all, folks